You Can Handle Anything, episode number 354. Welcome to the You Can Handle Anything podcast. I'm your host, Shira Gura, and I know firsthand what it feels like to get hijacked by your emotions, keeping you from fully enjoying the moments and people in your life. But I also know that your life is built on moments, and the key to breaking free from emotional triggers lies in recognizing that at any given moment, you possess the power to choose your responses. Unfortunately, many people never learned how. In this podcast, we'll explore the everyday triggers we all face, and I'll share with you the mindset tools and strategies I developed to empower you to stop reacting automatically, break free from the negative patterns that keep you stuck, and become a positive force in your life and in your relationships. Let's get started listeners and thank you so much for joining me today. So if you tuned into last week's episode, you will know that I am working on a pretty big project inside of my work right now that I'm going to be sharing with you, hopefully in just a few more weeks. What I'm going to share is really the culmination of all of the years that I have been working. And I'm going to be offering several different opportunities for you to start engaging with me in a much deeper and a much closer level than just being a listener to this podcast. And I'm so excited to share it with you. It is a little hard for me to contain my excitement. And I know that sounds a little cliche, but I'm literally finding myself needing to contain my excitement and also the anxiety that comes with putting together such a big project, which I'm doing right now. And I wanted to take a break from that project this week so that I could share more about this experience with you on my podcast. And that is about managing your emotions, whether that's excitement or anxiety. Managing your emotions is a choice. It really is. Either you can let emotions hijack you, or you can choose to get unstuck from them. You can choose to stay grounded. You can choose to stay focused. You can choose to stay in control. You can choose to keep moving forward in the way that you want to instead of being stuck left behind. But here's the thing. It doesn't always feel like a choice. It actually often feels like you don't have a choice, right? Like this thing that is happening to you, whether you're choosing the challenge intentionally or the challenge is coming to you, it can feel like you have no control. And if it's a goal that you're reaching toward, it can feel like you can't be patient, right? Like it can feel like you have to be anxious about it. But really, that's just an illusion. You have total control over what you feel because you always have control over what you think. And that's key. And I was thinking about this the other day while I was going on a walk in the forest near my home. And for whatever reason, I started thinking back to when I went into labor with my first child And I would love to share more about that with you today. So first of all, first child, right? Like I was clueless, clueless about everything, clueless about being pregnant and what to eat and how much to eat and how to take care of myself and all of that. But it's not the pregnancy I want to focus on, but rather the actual labor and delivery. So the pregnancy was a healthy one. I didn't suffer from first trimester nausea And I don't recall having any complications during the pregnancy at all. In fact, I had recently received my yoga certification about a year before I got pregnant. And I was teaching yoga in high-tech companies in California while I was pregnant. 
and I continued teaching up until the last month before I gave birth. I was literally standing on my head during the last month of my pregnancy. But back to the labor part of the story. So it was a Tuesday night. My husband and I had gone to sleep, and in the middle of the night, I started to feel some weird pains. Again, first pregnancy, right? And I had no clue as to what labor pains would feel like. But the pain wasn't excruciating. It was more like having menstrual cramps, and they were pretty infrequent. So I didn't want to wake up my husband for no reason, right? So I just kind of slept through them like waking up every 15 minutes or so, breathing through a little bit of discomfort, and then going back to sleep. In the morning, I told my husband what happened, and he was shocked, right, both by the news and by the fact that I didn't wake him. But anyway, I called my midwife because I was being seen by a midwife my entire pregnancy, not a doctor, and she was very calm, and she told me to go on having as normal of a day as possible and to call her in the evening. Okay, so I went to my prenatal yoga class. I told the teacher I was having contractions and she looked at me as if I were nuts. But I told her, my midwife told me to have a normal day. Uh, My husband and I went for a walk. I remember we went out for lunch. We watched a movie in the evening. I called my midwife that evening and she told me to take a bath, have a glass of wine, and get to bed early because likely I was going to give birth that night. So I drew a bath. I was a little nervous about having a glass of wine, but I had a sip of wine because, you know, I was nervous to have anything more than that. And then I went to bed. Midnight struck and the contractions started, like really started, like every five minutes. And they were painful, not like what I had experienced the night before. So I woke up my husband that time and I told him we got to go to the hospital. And we get to the hospital and in triage, they asked me on a scale from one to 10, how much pain I was feeling. And I told them a 10 because I thought that was the right answer because I had never experienced pain like that before. And then the nurse said, okay, but you're actually only dilated a four out of 10. And I was like, Oh my God, how can the pain get any worse? And then we were taken into, you know, our room where I was going to give birth. And the midwife told me to go stand in the shower. And she told my husband to hold the shower head over my back and let the warm water drip over me. And so we did that for almost three hours three hours of the most intense pain I have ever experienced in my life. And yes, I kind of wanted to experience it. I knew even before I got involved in this work with emotional well-being, that despite the intense discomfort, that I could handle the pain and that I could be with it, right? And not resist it. And that it was all temporary anyway. So having no mindset work preparation or any education like that before, I found my mind making up all sorts of things to keep myself grounded. Like I was imagining bell curves where the pain, you know, as the contraction started would get worse and worse and worse. But once it was at peak, it would drop off. And knowing all I needed to do was like get to that peak. Or I also remember imagining spirals where the pain 
was like so intense, like right in front of my face. But as the spiral went further and further and further away from me, so did the pain. Okay, so that was like three hours of doing that. And at one point, I really felt like I couldn't handle it anymore. It just felt unbearable. And I told the midwife, I can't. I am done. So she told me to come to the bed. She said she wanted to check me. And it was in that moment that we learned that I was fully dilated. I got to a 10. And she told me that I was ready to push this baby out. And on the second push, my daughter Ayala was born. That part, the most intense and the most painful part of the entire experience, beyond words, right? I can't even describe that pain, was the shortest part, right? And of course, the gift at the end was worth every second of pain that I experienced. Now, why am I sharing this with you today? Because in that experience, I couldn't make that baby come out of me any faster than it did. I had to practice being patient because I was limited with how much control I actually had in those moments. I mean, I could have been impatient, but that wouldn't have helped me one bit, right? But unlike pregnancy, where you have no control as to when a baby is going to be born, in an experience where you are working on a project, right, or you're working on a relationship, or you're working on yourself, or you're working on a goal, you often can control the outcome or when the outcome is going to happen, right? If you just work a little bit harder, if you just put more hours in, if you give up your daily exercise or your daily meditation so you have more time to focus on your work, you know, you kind of do have more control or so it seems. And so it feels like you don't have to be patient, right? You can be impatient. But the question is, does that impatience serve you. When you look at the moments of your day and how they build up over time, the question is, does being impatient as you go for your goals or your dreams, does that help you? Is getting to the final achievement really what it's all about? Or is it more about who it is you are becoming along the journey toward that goal? As I mentioned last week, Patience is the word that we're focusing on this month inside of the Living Deliberately Circle. And I look forward to sharing more this month about how being patient can help you to handle the everyday challenging situations you face in your life and in your relationships. In fact, I have a wonderful interview coming up next week from one of the members of the circle where you're going to hear about an incredible journey that she's been on over the past few years on a project that just took many, many, many months to create. And I look forward to sharing that conversation with you. And hopefully it will inspire you into action, starting with focusing on being patient. Okay, my dear friends, stay tuned for what is coming up with me and the projects that I keep telling you about. Be sure that you are either subscribed to my newsletter or that you are following me on Facebook or on Instagram, because some of the things that I'll be sharing with you are going to be short-term opportunities for you to join until I open the doors to them again. And I don't want you to miss any of it. So until next week, I want to encourage you to consider where can you bring patience into your life this week? What are you focusing on this week? What are you working towards in your life 
where considering being patient would really, really serve you. Thank you for choosing to tune in to this week's episode, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, you can handle anything. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the You Can Handle Anything podcast. If this podcast adds value to your life, I would be so grateful if you could spare 30 seconds to do three things. One, follow or subscribe to the podcast. Two, leave me a rating on whatever podcast app you listen on. And three, share an episode with a friend. Your support keeps the podcast thriving. And for that, I am truly grateful. I look forward to being back with you next week.